The students are going to be measuring two things. They're going to be measuring water flow through streams and through the soil. And these sorts of measurements enable us to estimate a water budget for a catchment area. Um, the second thing they're going to be doing is looking at water quality, the physico-chemical properties of water. This is a scene setting, see where we're at, what the place is like, look around. Just to the left of the big cliffs, if you can see in the sort of valley bottom, uh, just over the other side of the wall, there's a section there where the stream meanders around a bit through a, there's a couple of cliffs that it's broken through. And that valley goes down into Fawngordale Scar, which is a very spectacular waterfall feature. When we're down in the valley, we'll actually see bed, bedrock outcropping on the valley sides and in the stream bottom with this glacial stuff sitting on the side of it. What's happening down just in front of us? Yeah, it's a bit waterlogged and wet and soggy. So if it's acid, we might find some bits of butterwort. Uh, but we know it's pretty calcareous because there's lots of these mountain pansies and we'll start picking up and noticing those bird's eye primroses. We'll cut down through here and over this, uh, over this ridge down into the, the valley of Gordale Beck. So here we are, this is base camp for our work on Gordale Beck. We've walked up the stream and hopefully you've seen the sort of full range of conditions that the water's flowing in. And what we'll try and do is sample those so that we've got the most extreme fast flowing and the most extreme slow flowing. I'll try someone in the deepest, stillest bit we can get, but if it's deeper than Wellies, we won't do it because it won't be safe. Um, and then we'll have someone just below, I think, the, the big waterfall. So it, well, it's, it's, it's a raging torrent, but still safe. We're measuring the width of the water. We've got to split it up into cells. Um, measure your depth at each bank and at nine points in between. You'll have to decide with the flow meters how many different places in that cell that you think it's appropriate to measure the velocity at. What would you be expecting to happen? Where's the water going to be flowing fastest? Where's it going to be flowing slowest in a particular cell? Slow by the banks, faster in the middle. And what about the, within the water column? Fast at the top, slower in the middle. What are the sort of reasons behind thinking that? Friction. Okay. So, Andrew, if your group could go down to the waterfall end, no swimming. And decide how we split it up. We can estimate water flow in three ways. The first experiment we did was uh, measure flow rate with an orange. So we measured out a 10 metre distance, a straight 10 metres of stream. Um, we dropped the orange into the stream with a stopwatch and literally timed how long it took for the orange to get to the bottom of the 10 metre section. And we did that, I think, in total about six times because the orange got stuck behind some rocks. We also um, measured the flow using a hydroprop flow meter, which is basically a brass, sort of a brass uh, pole with another one at 90 degree angle and a little propeller on the end. And you pull the propeller out to the end. Um, when you lower it in the water, the propeller spins back and you just time the amount of time it takes at different depths so you can assess where the flow is fastest within the river. And the third method is an indirect method using the Manning equation. 
in which you need to know the cross-sectional area of the stream. Um, you can do this using a chain laid across the bottom to estimate the wetted perimeter. You lay it from one bank to another, going in and out of all the crevasses and over all the rocks on the actual bed of the stream so you can get an accurate measurement of the perimeter of the stream rather than just the width across the stream. Three centimetres. Three centimetres. Three centimetres. Yeah. Then we, uh, we measured across the width of the stream and uh, measured down uh, at various points across that. Uh, for example, 10, 20, 30 centimetres across the width of our section. The surveying equipment enables them to estimate the slope of the channel. So obviously the slope of the channel affects how quickly the water passes down it. We set up um, the uh, dumpy level and uh, took a reading from the height at the low point and one at the upper point. You need to collect pretty good data and you need to take a, a decent amount of samples of data and not just take one or two. Uh, in the stream, they took measurements of pH, dissolved oxygen and conductivity, which gives you a measure of the overall concentration of ions, dissolved ions in the water. They also carried out an infiltration exercise to look at the density of the soil and how quickly the water could be taken in by the soil, in which you insert pipes into the soil, add a certain volume of water and you can time how long it takes to drain away. So what we're doing here on this side is we're going to try and assess how, look at the hydraulic conductivity of the, uh, of the water, of the soil un underneath the ground. Uh, and we're also looking at the gradient of the water, the hydraulic gradient. What the students have been doing here on the heath this afternoon is estimating the flow of water below the surface, the hydraulic conductance of the soil, the peat that we have here so that we can have some idea of how much water is getting into the, the tarn through the soil. So this is the upper dip well. We measured the, the water table um, depth by use of a probe. 77.5. 77.5, right, are you okay? Yeah. A, a simple piece of kit that, uh, that, that, that tells you when you're at the water table uh, from both uh, sump locations. So we've got 30, yeah. 37 centimetres of pipe above the ground, so we'd have to take that 37 centimetres off the, uh, whatever it was, down to the water depth. We then used the surveying equipment to find the distance from that to the first dipping well and that to the second dipping well, which gives us the distance between the two, and from that we can work out the gradient of the water table. This is the auto level and uh, it's basically a fancy telescope with, with incredible optics which is quite fun to play with. On the first day the students measured the height of the water which gives us a measure of where the water tables come to. They can then bail out some of the water and measure the height again to, to give us a difference and then the following day the second group of students come back and can see where the water's got to in the period that's elapsed. Using uh, Darcy's law we can work out the rate of water movement through the soil. 0.49 metres. And this sort of peaty soil, you find that the water table isn't horizontal, but actually domes up within the peat soil to have a gradient. 
when you put all that information together, it enables um, all sorts of predictions to be made. Um, river flow rates enable people to say when a certain amount of rain falls in a certain area, what will happen with the rivers. It enables us to predict floods, um, water supply. Um, some of the chemical analysis will do um, inform us where the water's come from. Um, again, some of the chemical analysis will inform us what's not just what's in the water, but what we might have to change is the water safe to drink, what could we possibly do with that water. Um, so all sorts of information can be gleaned from the data that we've gathered this morning.